Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Juice. This is Work It Like a Job. My name is Michael Dean. Joining me today, Mr. Ant Poos, or how are you? I'm doing good. Trying to get it in and clown a little bit. All right, all right. And also, Mr. Big Sexy and Sack, how are you, sir? Long week, but it was highlighted by a Michelin event, but it's okay and relaxing and ready to run. All right, all right. Well, man, we got a lot of things to get into, so we're just going to jump right into it. First thing off the top, uh, I just want to give mad respect, love, um, salute, just everything we can uh, to DMX, man. Um, Rest in peace. Um, Died uh, this week as we're recording this. Uh, 50 years young. Uh, Phenomenal rapper, actor, you know, entertainer. You know, I would keep it at 100. I never really listened to his albums. I, you know, I've heard the bigger songs and stuff. I watched probably more his movies than anything. Um, but definitely knew who he was, uh, followed him. Actually, I think I read his autobiography when it first, first came out a long time ago. I thought that was pretty, it was a fascinating story. It's sad. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just sad to see, man, a guy like that pass uh, in the circumstances. Uh, he had a drug overdose, which led to, I believe, a heart attack. Uh, let me say this first. Two things that I, I'll say about DMX. Um, one, you know, I really feel for his family, particularly his kids. I know he had uh, he had uh, a big family, and that was he, he was he was that was their dad. You know, so I, to me, that's what you know shakes me about it because I know, like, man, and I know what it's like to lose your father, uh, and he had younger kids too. And, you know, I can only imagine when your dad is that famous and you're seeing all of this attention, media attention about your dad passing. That's just hard. You know, and those are children. So I really feel for them. And I hope, you know, their mothers and the rest of their families really got them covered. uh, And and hopefully they had opportunities and time to spend with DMX and, you know, be with their dad and stuff. And they know their dad way better than we would probably know DMX. Right. So that's the one thing I was just like, ah, can only imagine. Uh, the other thing, too, I thought, man, and it's just, it's just I had to pause the other the last night when I was thinking about this. And I was like, man, I remember when the rapper was the superhero. You know, for some of my old school, you know, hip hop rap fans, remember the rapper was damn near untouchable. Like the last thing you would think about is a rapper dying. But it is so like, it's in a so much of a different place where that is almost the expectation. Like we hear of so many, and particularly black men rappers dying. Uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking to me. Like uh, that's not what, you know, I, you know, a lot of us when we got into hip hop and stuff, we didn't get into it thinking that you was going to die. Now this dying of old age there's dying, which unfortunately a lot of these are dying from murders. And then there's dying, you know, almost sort of the rock star death of, you know, drugs and that lifestyle. 
But, and I guess we have seen, I don't know, I guess in terms of, of, of black male rappers, it has become like, that's just a part of the initiation almost. It seems like, like you're going to die. And I, 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 I don't know, that bothers me actually. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, you know, I mean, the first death that I was aware of was Easy E. And that was shocking, you know, dying of AIDS. And that was really like a wake up point. Like, it's like, whoa, this AIDS thing, you know, joke. It's, it's, it's not just these other people that it's affecting. It's hitting us. Now here's one of our guys, right? And then uh, Tupac. And I think, sadly enough, I think the Tupac death was the one that opened the door to a, to this day, you know, and, and it's sad. It's a lot of these younger rappers in the last couple of years that have, been, have died, you know, been gunned down. Uh, that's that's horrible. Like, and that's what I said. I just feel like man, I remember. I remember a time when the rapper never died. Like that was you never. That would be a shocking thing to you. Like why? What he died? Like, he's supposed to be untouchable. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's sad. You know, when I think of. DMX, and he, we all know he's always had the issues with uh, you know drug addiction, and he spoke on that. You know, um, there's a video going around, and I think it's a rather recent video where he talked about how he got introduced to crack and being addicted, and that's a that's a horrifying story that he outlines. He he basically said it was a mentor of his, somebody he looked up to. I think. He said DMX, he said he was like 13 or 14 at the time. And he thought he was getting a weed joint to smoke from this man, but find out that he laced it with Coke or, you know, crack. Oh. And that's, and you know, at a 13, 14 year old, taking that puff and getting that, that crack high, he, you know, he, that's how I got him and battling it for the rest of his life. Like, that is that's one of the most despicable things for an older person to do to a child. Uh, and so that's why I sympathize when I hear his story. And I, like I said, I read his book. I heard some of it. It's like, God, man, you know, what a life, you know, he is living or he's coming from and then being sort of given or earning, I should say, everything that comes with being a star. Um. It's uh yeah, and you know the interesting thing about him is he seemed to be very cognizant of these challenges and things that he's going through, and he always was like you know praying and talking about God. It's, it's just like while he's still battling these same things, you know. Uh, yeah, man, it's just uh, it's unfortunate. I remember he. I don't want to stop talking, but I remember when he used to when he first when he was first coming out and he was out there, he always had his wife with him at times. Uh, I can't think of the young lady's name, but his first wife was always, you always see her with him. Uh, now they had since gotten a divorce and stuff, but oh, I, I hope that she's doing good. You know, I always remember her uh, from that. So that's, that's all I got to say. Rest in peace to, to DMX. Uh, and Poo, if you have anything you want to say. And Poo. All right. Okay. <laughs> We're just doing the show. Uh, <laughs> Big Sexy, do you have anything? 
you know, I wasn't very familiar with uh, a lot of his catalog. I was more accustomed to seeing him in interviews and in, in films every so often. But to me, and again, I'm not an expert by any stretch, he came across as just one of these genuine, you know, no-nonsense, strong men who had natural leadership, that leadership attraction to him, you know? He's someone you want to get behind. <clears throat> and to hear that he is gone at such a young age is just, you know, mind-blowing, especially... You know, like you said earlier, this wasn't like, you know, one of these rock star things or something else like that. Uh, this just came out of the blue, and a lot of people that I know within the music industry and on the fringes of it just were all shaken up by it. And like you said, <coughs> excuse me, like you said, um, definitely um, our best wishes and condolences go to his family and his friends at this time. Yeah, definitely, and and you know he his music is gonna live on. Uh, you know he's he he was one of those guys who always was very prolific, uh, and his you know he's a ton of movies and stuff. I mean he was like I said he was, you know um, he benefited um, from those who came before him and took it to another place. You know I, I remember when he first came out I I kind of dismissed him at first because I just felt like okay, I was like oh they they're trying to replace Tupac. And, you know, he really came with that kind of, at least visually, it, it kind of seemed like that. But, you know, DMX was his own thing, you know, for sure. Like, he brought a whole different aesthetic to it. Um, a lot of energy. A lot, you know, he was almost like a blues artist, but he just rapped. You know, because really spoke a lot of pain, about pain and different things. Uh, very much of the... I feel the Chuck D energy in him in terms of like he had that voice yeah. and energy yeah. that really was a commanding presence and sort of like rallying the troops. And, you know, cause he, was, he was a superhero rapper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he had that, that sound of his voice and a lot of his songs, I feel like almost like military, like get you hyped up. You know, let's go out here and fight the war. It was, I was still always sing that one. Up in y'all gonna make me go all out in my mind. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so he definitely, man, brought that energy, um, and it's needed very much. So yeah, man, this is sad to see him go. He was young. To me, he's young, man. Yeah, with with, with uh, resonated with me, and I think Mark, you might remember this. Um, it kind of reminded me of the death of Eddie Guerrero, who, yes. like in the early 2000s, he was in a bad space dealing with alcohol and, you know, some other drugs. And, you know, he even got uh, kicked out of the WWE and, you know, he got himself clean, but he always kept talking about how it was an everyday struggle to stay, quote unquote, clean. Now, he might have been doing the recreational drugs, but, he you know, he was doing the uh, pharmaceutical, you know, PED enhancements. And, you know, it, it took him out at a young age. And you can see that with DMX, that he was he stayed struggling and to hear that like you were saying Mike that a, a older man got him on hooked on cocaine at 13 it's like he didn't have a, he didn't have a chance and you know people want to look at him as a, a drug addict and oh he's back in the news because he can't you know leave the crack alone and it's like when you're 13 years old 
uh, being introduced to that, I don't. It, it, it's a, it's probably a lifelong battle to try to leave it alone. And you know, he he had a lot of good sayings. He put out a lot of great music, even at his uh, lowest points. Um, when he wasn't in the limelight as he was, he still was dropping great jewels and found ways to entertain. Uh, people are going to talk about all of the great verses there was. For me, DMX versus Snoop was the best because um, Snoop, uh, some would say, is tears above DMX. He was in that thing showing love and like, man, I... I I'm on you, dude. You the man. You know, don't 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 show me praise. No, you and those that want to you know diminish DMX to oh the the uh, the hip hop returned uh, movie star or the crack addict when he was playing all that music, bringing it all up, uh, bringing it all back. I was just like, God damn, that dude did did some shit. So this is a sad story of how. Um, this man uh, lived and how he went out and, you know, adults, elders, you got to do better. You got to do better. All right. All right. Well, yeah, DMX definitely will live on forever. Go go listen to some of his albums. I probably I should go listen to take a gander and let some of them play. Yeah, I was just about to ask, you know, what's your uh, favorite or, you know, most liked um, song he dropped? You know, like I said, I'm not, I don't know his music like that. The only things I can remember is, you know, like, a, you know, y'all made me lose my head. And I think it was the the one song, uh, it's kind of like a slower song. I see, I don't want to disrespect this stuff. I, I know it <laughs> yeah, when I, I hear it, like. but I don't know the titles. Same, I don't know the title either. Uh, some say uh, one of his best one was uh, Slippin'. Maybe uh, that's the one. That, I slip and fall and I can't get up. Was yeah, that, that yeah, one. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that, a lot of people say that was like the song. Yeah, no, he had, he had a ton. He had a lot of collaborations uh, too. Yeah, the know. one with uh, Aaliyah, Back in One Piece, mm-hmm. that was a banger and he did the damn thing on it. And of course, because of TikTok, the, uh, with these, uh, with these women want from me, I'll, you know, give it the PG title. <laughs> Um, is always a classic and every time you turn around you know I I hate to laugh at it but you know I saw someone as a mean shout out to Rashida she posted it she said if DMX shouted you out and with these one from her you need to have your ass at the hospital praying I was like damn (laughs) and Rashida was like I'm on my way because he shouted my name out (laughs) so I I mean and that's just a classic that's going to live on forever just forever you know and of course our Rough Riders anthem you know stop drop shut her down open up shop Mm -hmm. yeah man yep 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 yeah man we uh it's it's interesting watching hip hop because we're to the point where we I mean the, the the group of people that were before DMX and a lot of these guys, and I'm talking about your Melly Males, and you know that camp. They are already probably in their 60s and stuff. But I think because uh, soon after them, you know, the Golden Age came, and a lot of those guys be- became even more mainstream. You know, as hip hop got bigger, so I think we're starting to see that group of people as they start to get older. And I, and I think that's kind of what I'm speaking about, speaking of earlier. It's it's a little. I guess it's reminding us that we are not invincible, 
uh, we do get older. And so to see all these people that, you know, you looked up to when you were younger, now that they're older and we start to see people sort of passing on, you know, sort of a kind of reminds me like, oh, shit, you know, I'm, I'm we're getting up there. You know, the, the the things that we love, some of these people are not here anymore and sort of shows our own morality like, okay, we got to, we on adult time now, like people, people are passing on, you know, some for health reasons, some for other reasons, but um, there's a video out there, Black Rob, I don't know if you guys seen that or know who that is. Uh, he was, he had the song, uh, Whoa, was a big song on Bad Boy, and he, he's not doing good. There's a video where he's in the hospital or something in the bed, and he looks like he's going through it, but, you know, even with all of that, he was, he wanted to send out, a, you know, some love to uh, DMX, and it looked like he could use just as much love, and I was just like, I looked, and I was like, Wow you know, he's going through it. So, I'm, you know, we want to give some prayers out to that brother as well. But uh, it just goes to show, man, yeah, we're not getting younger out here. <laughs> we definitely got to, you know, get ourselves in position for what's next. You know, a lot of us got family and kids or whatever, so we need to be thinking about what's going to happen to them when something happened to us, you know. Uh, so they're not, so we don't leave them with, mess we want to set them up anyway uh let's get off of dmx uh let's change it up and, and talk about oh real quick want to talk about some tv shows but the first one i wanted to really get into because i just watched the first episode was this show called them it, it is on uh amazon uh, amazon prime tv show uh I didn't know what this was going to be about before I watched it, but I see that there's a lot of people talking about it on Twitter and it's kind of trending. So I was like, let me watch this real quick. Uh, it's essentially, it's a horror horror show and it looks like it's set back in, I don't know, is it the sixties, fifties or sixties, but it deals with a black family. It looks like they're leaving the South and they're coming uh, to the West coast. They move to Compton. And this is when Compton was an all-white community. And they're like one of the rare black people moving into this this house. And so it deals with, it's you know, racism and Jim Crow was heavy back then. And you just start to see little things, you know, it's like, okay, they're driving, you know, they finally get to like, I don't know if they're in L.A. or whatever, they're driving down the street and it's trees and stuff. And, you know, the black family is just marveling at, wow, this is totally different from the South. You know, this is great. But you can see, like, the white people on the sidewalk, I, you know, looking at them, glaring at them and stuff. And I'm like, really? And just to the point where they get their house, they move into this house, and all of the neighborhood, you know, it's all eyes on me. Like, oh, here come the blacks type of thing. And, I, you know, I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay you know this shit happens you know and and it was just so like blatant and it gets to the point i don't want to ruin it but it gets to the point where um all of the the white housewives i guess of this neighborhood they get like lawn chairs and they go and sit in the street or on the sidewalk of this of these black people's house so they're sitting looking at them and then they pull out radios and they're playing like minstrel music or something like loud menstrual music yeah man it's like bongo this or you know 
just the music that they would have had, you know, buck dancing to. Whoa. Okay. And this is a family house. So there's the, the dad. He's got his wife. Wife is fine as hell, by the way. <laughs> uh, they got two <laughs> young, two young girls. And this is probably why I, I was having some issues. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it. One of the girls, the little girl's name is Gracie something, right? So I was already like, okay, man. And I'm like, you got these people outside the house openly antagonizing them. And, you know, the dad, he knows what's going on, but he's, you know, he's just like, don't worry about them. You know, they're not going to do nothing. The the little girls, like the little, little girl, they don't really explain, explain to her what's going on. But she's like, mom, why are they playing all this music outside? And, you know, I'm just like, God, that'd be so frightening. And then, but the thing is, the mom, she's not having it. And she's looking out the window, I, you know, what's going on? And she, and they show her with the pistol, you know, putting the bullets in, like, she's ready. <laughs> now, I know some of our Discord listeners are going to have a problem, but they're dealing with some other shit. So she's not, they're not going to, you know, she's, uh, listen, <laughs> The, the the man was trying to rationalize. Her. She's ready for war, and I don't blame her. Cause that's her babies in there, and it, it just keeps showing more and more of these circumstances where, yes, there are black people and they're coming into this neighborhood. Um, they show the, the 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 husband when he goes to the job. He's an engineer. He's an engineering. It looks like it's in the aerospace or something. And even when he first gets there to to the job, the receptionist, she just sees him and says, "Oh, the kitchen's down that way." And he's suited and booted. <laughs> and he keeps and she's on the phone. And he's like, "Excuse me, I said the kitchen's down that way." I'm like, "Huh? What the fuck?" And like, she just doesn't want to give him no attention. And it it wasn't until what I assume was the mailboy brother came up there oh don't worry i got this one you know i I can help him out you know whatever oh please do because i have no time for this you know she was so like dismissive i was like wow but that's how it go that's how it was so there's all of this stuff going on which is real life horror (laughs) in a sense right then they introduced the supernatural to this, and I didn't know I didn't know that was going to happen. So I'm watching it, and then it's it's one of these we've seen again. I'm just going off what I've seen the first episode. I'm I'm, I'm going to say something like The Conjuring or one of these shows where you know you don't go down in the basement. You know, there's some spirits down there, and you know, that door's closed for a reason, and it's dark down there. You're not supposed to walk down there now. They have that element in the show. There's the basement. And it's dark down there and there's something down there, or some presence or a spirit or something. You just kind of feel it. But of course, it's always the little kids who sort of get introduced to it first. So there's a thing that happens with the little girl. And I was like, it's all, you know, all this stuff is happening and I'm watching the show and I'm getting, I, I, was, I, I was like, this show is uncomfortable, <laughs> which I suppose a horror show is supposed to be. But I was like, this is I was like, man, see, the thing with this is that it's a horror thing, but unlike most horror, we're not used to seeing black people uh, be in horror. And if they are, their racist never uh, plays into it. 
until we got Jordan Peele, right? I think he changed that. You know, he, he introduced, uh, was it Get Out? And then he introduces, uh, was it Us? And so to me, he has started this whole other genre of horror. And it's particularly, you know, a genre that is with black protagonists. And not only would they have to deal with the supernatural stuff, but the, the reality horror of racism is a part of it as well, which has really never been addressed in horror. You know, Freddy Krueger, all those movies we see, they don't deal with you being black or white. You know, it's mainly from a white person's perspective. And they don't have that trauma in their lives. So that's not in the it's not in the stories right it's just dealing with the trauma of it's just the killing and it's almost like it's a fun thing you know it's fun to be scared i think this show at least for me the fun part isn't there because it's dealing with a real horror that is uh hasn't been solved yet <laughs> right like you can still fall victim to that horror so there's no fun in that and then throwing the supernatural horror into it, it's just like, it's, 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 a, it's a little much. And I'm not saying it's not good, but I think that it's, depending on who's watching this, it could be very uncomfortable. For me, the show became very uncomfortable. And it's not uncomfortable because I, I thought it was poorly made. It's just that it just hitting home too much. And it's like, I, it's, it's not, it's like, ah, this is not fun to watch, but maybe in another time, I'll really be able to sit back and maybe separate myself from it a little bit and, and to soak it in. And they're dropping little stuff in this too. Like, you know, again, they dropping little things in there that you're like, ah, okay. So I find this show very interesting. This genre, it's a new genre of horror, in my opinion. Now I've seen people sort of like saying this is copying us and different things. And I, I think it does, but you know, uh, if you go back to my time back in the 90s, to me, I didn't see them as horror movies at the time, but the gangster movies all copied each other because it started a new sort of genre. You know, when Boys in the Hood dropped, or actually I would say when Colors dropped, that was like, oh, you can do these movies where it's like with gang culture. And, and black people, we never really had that before. And then Boys in the Hood came, and then the floodgates blew open, and there's all these hood, and we call them hood movies. And they were just, everybody had their interpretation of the gangster movie. And I loved them. I still do love them. Now, the time of, back then, I was a younger person watching those, and I loved them for different reasons. Watching them as a grown adult now, 50-something years old, I see those as horror movies now. <laughs> like, I watched Boys in the Hood, couple months ago actually I bought it and I watched uh Menace Society I actually showed my kids Menace Society because they'd never seen it and then I recently watched it again I was in tears watching Menace Society that's one of my favorite movies but now that movie is so horrifying to me and it's so sad to me because it's like god damn these are these I look at Kane and them as kids when I first watched it I saw them as my peers but now I look at them there's a those guys are fucking children and they're you know, involved in the most craziest madness. And that's a real madness. It's not some supernatural. And so I say all that to say, I think these shows like them, and there will probably be more of these types of horror things with black people. I just think it's, you know, like Get Out was the, was the boys in the hood that sort of blew the, the gates open and it created a whole other lane. And you're going to see 
other black creators do horror things but inject race and things into it i don't really have any problem with that but i just think that it's gonna be unlike some of these other ones it may hit a little hard because it's going to be the double horror the, the the horror of just racism and that violence and then and then throwing like a supernatural element on it um i can't imagine if someone does a serial killer black horror movie that could hit very different than when you watched um jason you know imagine if they did a serious horror movie and it was a serial killer and they was going after black people in the movie that would hit that would hit crazy so but i i wouldn't be shocked if that comes um i haven't said a lot about the show but i just after watching that first episode i was in the way it ends I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to watch the second one. I don't, it, it, it just upset me too much. And Pooh, did you see the show? Yes, I am on episode five. Oh, shit. And Tell yeah, me yeah. more, please. <laughs> uh, Without spoiling, but please, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'll say this. White, white people got they goddamn nerves. I'll start with that. Uh, I don't know if you saw, of course, that uh, the one woman that's directly across the street, she continues to, uh, to, yeah, she, she's, that's, I don't know, because I think it's what they say is Becky, Karen, I forget <laughs> who the, the one above her is. That's who she is. She's what, what, on that. What is she playing before? I've seen her before on something. What she's, I remember her from is from the Jeff Daniels HBO show. I think it's called The Newsroom. Mark, you remember that show? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, yeah, she played. Luther was uh, great. Yeah, she played. Uh, Sorkum wrote that. Yeah, Sorkum. Sorkum, Sork- Sork- yeah. She played the character that uh, had a relationship with the producer. That's that, right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, she. Can, uh, I, I don't want to interrupt you. Just real quick. I feel bad sometimes for, for white folks and even actors in general who play these types of roles because you kind of hate them in real life and, and they're good people. It's just like, I, I'm, I was like, man, she's playing this role and she's playing it so it's a good. a little too good. Yeah, she's going to get hate for this and it's not really her fault, but I'm just like, God damn. I'm sorry, go ahead. You, you took the paycheck. That's, that's all I can say. You chose to take that paycheck. <laughs> you know who he was playing. So she has a moment, you know, because you're this this is what I like about this show, is that traditionally they paint the white man as the evil racist. Here they are showing you, um, because you know that white women are equally complicit in the racism that goes on to the point where uh, I don't know. Have you have you met the husband? Because I don't want to, you know, mess that I've up. I've only seen me. the first episode. He, they do show him briefly towards the end. Yeah, he comes off like, you know, it is what it is. She's like, fuck that. <laughs> we pay too much goddamn money for them to raise, raise our, lower our values. And you expect that coming from the white man. <laughs> <laughs> they letting you know, uh-uh. Now I got to watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then uh, I don't, I really don't. But there's a scene where they do a like a town hall, and it, and the white man's up there. Yeah, the situation is, and we just got to go slow and steady. She gets up there like you swear she was able to. Yeah, yeah, that slow and steady ain't gonna work. I saw what they did, and they got them out there. You white men, y'all really gonna let them come up in here, be a, have our kids around these these Negroes? I was like, oh, so shit. she's basically the white Naaman's mom, or was. Neiman? Well, she's not as uh, 
What's the word? You, you uh, just call her name. Under the yeah. <laughs> like you, y'all not out here putting no work, and she's also like the, the one, the one, the one girl from uh, Snowfall is the same way. Like, y'all, unlike the woman from Snowfall, she ain't putting in no work. She, okay. She, 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 she being a little smarter about it. She like, nah, I'm gonna ride y'all up and do that. I'm gonna stand back here and wait. <laughs> wow, that's even more devious. It's actually. like I, I ain't catching the case. She's like, more Palpatine. <laughs> she's more Palpatine. Palpatine. There yeah. you go. Yes, yes. But she absolutely is uh, antagonistic. There's a scene where the good old boys uh, confront the brother, and I don't want to spoil how that ends. Mm. But uh, needless to say, um, California racist rights whites ain't Southern racist whites. Because, mm. <laughs> you know, they. I, I feel like they got it popping. So yeah, um, just just overall the the backstory where they keep going back to, where I because I thought that that was um, like an ancestor tale, like like that whole Kendra where she's um, having these dreams of a of of a life lived by an ancestor where that crazy white woman wanted to take yeah, her son. Yeah, that but confused it seemed, me. It, from based on what as it's moving forward, it seems like that was actually her life. So something happened, and we're gonna find out about it in uh, episodes to come. Yeah, because they show that the show starts with her and that other home with that lady. Man, that was getting me hot. Just yeah, that yeah. part, I was like, she like give it to me. Yeah, I was like, ah. Uh, <laughs> That was one of those I wish in the world. Yeah, man, I was so mad because I was first. I was like, "Why is where's the man at? Where's you gonna have your family out here way out in the sticks?" These smoke. Ah, that's why. I, that's why I said seemed, I can't watch it, man. It's too they seem to intimate that he was being he had been taken care of by that group, uh, but still. So I, I'm just like, it, it's it's absolutely crazy how what they're doing. Yeah, this is and, and people are, I see Lea, Lena Waithe is trending. Is, is she a part of this? Because they're, they're going in on her about this. I don't. I believe I, she was because that was something because they said that she was stealing from Jordan Peele. Interesting. I mean, like I said, it's he started a he started a lane. You know, we didn't say well there wasn't social media back then, but no one was at least I never heard nobody like oh man the Hughes brothers are just stealing from John Singleton like. John laid the foundation in the gangster movie and then other cats came and did their take on it and some of them were right. better or not but yeah they're yeah. saying that she's peddling black trauma and well you I mean, know to, to an extent um like because you know there's the big argument we don't want to use these slave narratives and you right. know but you know why are people okay with you know I guess cop and race these narratives where cops are uh, abusing black bodies or, or killing and I, I kind of see that argument but when you watch this show is yes they're being victimized but thus far they are not victims and I mean they're being victimized in the sense that they're trying they're Push, trying to push them out but it's not like uh, someone well I mean we don't know if someone's died because I think that story is yet to play out what happened to that in that that uh, situation with that uh, crazy white woman but they're they're definitely like like you said uh, the wife was like oh no I ain't playing that she got out in the middle of the street with her pistol yeah like, man what stay away from my family and what was cool did, did you see the scene where the cops came no, no, I haven't gotten that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I ain't gonna spoil that because that 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 just was kind of strange. Like, 
wait, this supposed to be the sixties. That dude's a little too nice. Interesting. Unless he's just like, yeah, it is what it is. I don't live next to you niggas. So I can think you said. Well, I, I want to go back to what you said about the black trauma part. You know, I guess yeah, it is. But I mean, I, I guess because the reality is we live in trauma. <laughs> like I, I, I can understand the desire to not want to see the, I guess the horrible parts of our reality, and you want to have some escapism. You know, it's almost the same kind of argument. Sometimes somebody's, you know, I call them the new niggas. You know, they don't want to see their stuff politicized right that's how they'll say well why they got to bring politics into it can it just be about captain america blah, blah, blah. well yeah you don't want to see it because it makes you uncomfortable because you don't want to see the reality of your world and that you kind of play a part in that shit uh so i can see why that would be uncomfortable for you just as i guess just as for me i'm uncomfortable watching parts of this show because this shit is some of it's really hitting home and it's it, it is black trauma Unfortunately, they haven't solved black trauma in real life. So it don't, it's just like, man, we have to watch it too. But, you know, I hesitate to say you can tell an artist what they can and can't do. Some art may be too timely or some art may be too much for some people because, you know, I think all good art is, is a mirror. No matter what genre it is, you're supposed to be able to put some stuff behind that to sort of hold a mirror up to people. And I think, you know, like, like a lot of science fiction, I think the great science fiction makes you think a, about things in your world. And I would think, I think now horror and, and salute to Jordan Peele has sort of done that. Like, well, I'm going to hold a mirror up and I'm going to say some stuff in this, but I'm going to use this genre to do it. You know, so I don't, I, I get both sides, but, uh. I guess it depends on who's watching this, you know, it's going to affect differently. But normally, like I said, we don't, we've never really seen race play into horror. Like, we've never seen that because it's, just, it's, because it is an escapist genre because we normally didn't, didn't make it. So, of course, it would be just like any other genre out there. They left the race out because that's not their reality. <laughs> They're not dealing with trauma, right? Their life isn't trauma. So, they can just have a superhero movie and it could be just, you know, what it is. Now, when you have something like Winter Soldier, sort of starts to interject a little bit of other stuff into it. Some people got a problem with that because it's like, man, well, why they got to talk about, you know, it's too woke or what? Well, nah, it's just actually sprinkling some real shit in there and you're just low key feeling some kind of way about it because you might kind of look a little funny. But I mean. It is what it is. But I, th I think it's, I think there's a place for it. Uh, we just may not be ready to watch it right now. But I think there's certain people that, I know, like I said, I'm sure for some white people or other people, they'll look at this and they may just enjoy it for what it is or they might feel, they might feel uncomfortable too. Like, God, those white people in this are horrible. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm not like that. Or, you know, I'm very curious because this is from Amazon. And I got to watch what I say. I'll be transparent. I do have to watch what I say. I'm going to keep it a buck. <laughs> I'm going to keep it a 100. But it's interesting that they put this out in light of, you know, what's going on with some of their workers right now. And you hear about the union thing. 
and all that type of stuff. And a lot of those workers that are pushing for that are black workers, you know. Um, so it's interesting that, they, that in the real world, they have this stuff going on. But in their product world, they are releasing, I guess you could say, some thought provoking content that deals with deals with race. You know, uh, It would have been a cold ass program if it was set in present time. But they was dealing with warehouse workers. Uh, I, uh, they probably wouldn't have put that. I, that would have been too real for them. Like, eh. I could see, I could see him like, eh. You got a bottom line now. We ain't here to save nobody. <laughs> but let me digress. Let me, let me walk back some of that. Because, yeah, I have a financial interest. And I got family to feed. So I'm going to keep it at 100. You can call me what you want. Yes, sir, boss. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I ain't up here lying. Shit. Oh, but, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I would say watch the first episode. You may or may not like it, but I think it's definitely, it's definitely watchable. I think it's really good. I, I also love the use of music in this. Because uh, they, they don't just stick to music at that time. They're using music from the 70s and all kind of shit. And I, I love the musical choices. I was, I was like, whoever did this is, you know, they, they, they got a good, good eye, good ear, whatever. But anyway, there you go, them. So you said that uh, Lena Waite is getting blowback because she's doing her take on a certain style. Well, I see her name trending and I think people were, I think people are, it says something about there's a rape scene or something later on with some children or kids getting killed or something. It's some graphic shit. And so I can understand that, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot to take in. I'll say that much. I'm not caping for nobody, but I just say watch it for yourself and then you can make a decision. But uh, it's definitely not, it's not something you would just be watching and and not affect you one way or the other. I think like a, it's a it's a it's a hard hitting kind of thing, and I can only imagine it must get more crazier. So there you go. Um, all right, let's get into Winter Soldier or Falcon and Winter Soldier episode four. Uh, I've talked enough so far. Big sexy. Uh, give us uh, your take on this episode, and you could tell us a little bit about what was going on too. Oh, man. Uh, This episode picked up right where last week's episode left off, where Bucky was speaking with, I'm going to butcher her name, so I do apologize. Ayo? If you want to help me out, please do. But she is a member of the Dora Milaje, and she told Bucky, look, you let Zemo out, and he's got to go. And Bucky said, you know, look, you you know, the Dora Milaje does not have jurisdiction there. She's like, but Dora Milaje has jurisdiction where the Jer- Dora Milaje is standing. Uh-oh. And then they talked about it a little more, and she said, look, you got eight hours to do what you need to do with this guy, and then we're coming to see him. And so he goes back into the area where they are, <clears throat> or they being Falcon and Zemo, and said, yeah, it's your ass. <laughs> They're coming to see you. <laughs> and then they went out on a little adventure and track down some of the um, Flag Smashers people and Zemo 
is, is shady. He's up to no good, obviously, because he's the bad guy. But there was this one scene where he's speaking to this group of children, whereas, you know, Bucky and Falcon are trying to get information and they're getting stonewalled. And Zemo walks up to these kids with a bag of candy, which sounds creepy as hell, and said, look, you know, I'm the good guy. Why don't you tell me what I need to know? And they gave it up. I'm like, wow. Um, at one point, Sharon Carter, you know, checked in. But the two things that really stood out <clears throat> were you can see the degenerating intellect and mindset of John Walker, who I will never call Captain America, fuck him, but he's starting to fall apart. You know, out of frustration, his own insecurities, or whatever. But later on in the uh, in the episode, Walker runs up on Cap, or oh, uh, try it again. Walker runs up on Bucky and Falcon and says, "Look, I'm doing this my way." And they're like, "Man, shut up!" And so Falcon had arranged to speak with the young lady of the flag, flag smashers and he told the rest of them stay outside I got this Walker's like no I'm gonna go in cause I'm macho and Bucky's like man let him do what he does just stand there and shut up well you got 10 minutes yeah fuck you and so Sam's speaking with her and he's making progress you know he's getting through to her they're, they're having an actual dialogue about what her concerns are and Sam's like look I agree with you but this ain't the way to get it done Outside, John Walker is like, I'm done waiting, macho prick. And so he bogarts in there, and the and the uh, the lady from Flag Smasher is like, oh, it's like that. I'm out. And so they get into a little beef, and, you know, Walker takes an ass whipping, which was hilarious. And then later on, the Dora Milaje show up. <laughs> and, you know, Walker's starting to bark at them. And Falcon's like, man, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want no smoke. You don't want no piece of that. Nah. You'd rather fight Bucky than fight them. And he's like, please, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the fake Captain America and blah, blah, blah. And he stepped to him and she laid a whipping on him. And it made me immediately think of a lot of primarily men who will take a weapon, whatever the weapon is. And in this case, Cap. You know, fake ass cap had the shield and makes that and that made him think he's better than he is. It, it, it emboldens him, and she beat the shit out of him. And she's not enhanced; she is just very well trained and kicked his ass very thoroughly. And after they, you know, after Dormalashi left, you know, they're looking at, at Walker like, dude, what do we tell you? <laughs> But now, granted, that was no, played you, for you comedy relief. You left out the best what? part. That dude, that dude was almost like red, where he's like, "Oh, he gonna cry in the car," and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, they didn't even have super soldier serum yeah. in them. I was like, God damn. Oh. I'm yes, like, right. hey, there's been out. many a black men, black women that made a black man cry. It's good to see a black woman make a white man cry. <laughs> yeah, because she put it on him. See, he he messed um, up when he put his hand on her. That was a mistake. He, he grabbed her shoulder. Mistake. It was a wrap. <laughs> you know, and two more things pop into my mind. Uh, the ending, like I said, Walker's going crazy. Now, the ending, I'm not going to say what uh, caused it. Are we fucking really spoiling? Um, there was a a death in this in the show. I'm not going to say who. I'll let 
you know, one of the other hosts, you know, say that if they wish, but I'm not going to say who. And that just pushed him over the edge. He chased down one of those flag smasher guys and in front of a public crowd, he tried, no, 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 try to it. He put him down and then he took the edge of the shield like cap, like the real Captain America did in issue 254 against Baron Blood. Look it up and brings it down. Assuming he, I'm assuming he cut the guy's head off because at the end of the episode, you see Walker standing up with blood all over the bottom of the edge of the shield and the guy's hands are all bloody. It's like he decapitated, he decapitated this guy and everybody caught it on their camera phone. This is not good. This is a very, very bad look for them. And now earlier, one thing that stood out in my mind, Bucky and Sam were talking, and Bucky said, if you had a chance and they offered it to you, would you have taken the Super Soldier Serum result? No. Now, a few, a few moments later, Walker and Lamar are talking, and Walker said, would you take it? And Lamar said, and I quote, hells yeah. And they used that to show the difference in, you know, these two guys. And more, or more globally, in the two teams, even though Bucky says they're not a team. And it shows what those guys are about. And it shows that Walker and Lamar are just a couple of idiots more than anything else. But again, this series gets better and better. <laughs> and I did enjoy WandaVision. That's not even in the same ballpark as this. This is outstanding. Yeah, and I just I would just add the the parts that just really got me going was just at the beginning because it picks up at the end of the last episode and they go to Wakanda uh, at the beginning of this flashback. Yes, flashback. And I was just like, okay, uh, I need the Wakanda show. That just if y'all can show me this. And this was so compelling. I was watching what was going on, and uh, basically, oh, I don't, I don't know the, the chick's name. Uh, what? Do you, how do you say them? The Moramanje, Dora Malanje, Dora Malanje. That sister right there. First of all, beautiful sister. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, God damn. And I remember her from Civil War. And I'm like, I'm glad they went back and got her and they keep, you know, making her visible in the MCU. Her scene with Bucky, you know, basically reverse buck breaking him <laughs> from from his winter soldier wow. program. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought that was so tight. I mean, it was just like, this is development story. This is character development. I just thought this is great. And then the part when you know it was gonna come where they was going to come, you know, in the present time, when they come and try to get Zemo in that fight, some of the best fight choreography in the MCU, in my opinion, period. Like, I just was blown away by that. Cats was getting handled. Of course, the, St the, the Captain America dude, they washed him, like, in yeah. dramatic fashion. Lamar was a battle star. Yeah, battle star. Washed his... Punk ass. I was like, nigga. I was like, bro, if you don't sit, your. I wish they had the clip of uh, Wesley Snipes. You know, sit your five dollar ass for. I was like, you just be the last nigga to need to be fighting. Uh, let him get his ass whooped. 
You know, you just fall back. But he wanted to get smoked. Didn't even uh, Falcon? Falcon and Bucky didn't get into it. They're like, oh, you're on your own. Oh, because I thought they <laughs> was kind of trying to get in the way. I'm like, listen. Y'all, you're on your own, man. No, 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 no. Winter <clears throat> Soldier got bodied. Oh, he caught some too. He caught some too. <laughs> bodied. Because she just was like, she, she basically took his whole, snatched his whole soul, all that little fighting. You did. She just did a couple of hand movies, whoop, 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 dislodged his arm and said, go sit your ass down. You know Mark, I, mean? I know you saw Kill Bill. She hit him with the five finger palm. Yes. <laughs> she clamped his ass. And his arm just fell off. Yeah, she clamped like, the hell out of him. I was like, oh, he's done. They don't fuck around. She had no powers. That was just straight. <laughs> that was a black woman. Just that was a belt. It was out without even raising her voice. Shit hit his shit hit the ground, and he was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and then when Sam was like, "Did you know they could do that?" He's like, "Nope, nope." Yeah, he got sun. Like just sit down. Somebody uh, they put they uh, tweeted out a picture of um, of uh, Bucky looking at his arm the same way uh, Woody from uh, Toy Story when his arm got put off. I was like, "Yep, yeah, there man. it is." He, he got sunned. Yep, all all of that, all of that shit about him. He oh he badass. Tank black woman took him down. No powers. He's done. So I was and like, oh, man, mind you, he has I mean, he has some form of the super soldier serum in him. Yeah, he's all power. You know, he's he kind of a bootleg yeah. version, but you know he can put in some work. And he was like, "Damn, okay, yeah. okay." She so basically said, "Nigga, we made that's our shit." <laughs> like, nigga, this my Brandon. We made this shit. We can take it back. Basically, I brought you in this world, and I'll take you out. You know, the, so. the other, did you see the other cold part is when they disarmed uh, John Walker, the shield, and that one door Melaji picked up the shield. Like, they were taking our shit back, too. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I was like, oh, she about to do the real Captain America on this. I was like, go ahead. I was like, go ahead, man. I'm taking it back, goddammit. And A.O. was like, nah, leave it. Kind of like, that shit's tainted. We don't yeah, want that let them have their little funky-ass shield. But yeah, they don't want no smoke. That's why I, I want to see a Wakanda series, because don't have them come. Don't come over there, Wakanda. They're not having it. You, you can send any of them cats. They're getting washed. They was on. If, if you got regular people that can get down like that, Man, they was cold with it. And then the other part, I just to, to go back, the part where Captain America is caught on camp with the world is watching and he's going in. I thought that was brilliant. I, to me, I was like this, and somebody did this online, but if, if Zack Snyder had did a Marvel Captain America, that's how his shit would be. He would show America how everybody else sees it. You know, there's like, here's the Captain America that America sees, you know, and here's how the rest of the world sees this motherfucker. Like the blood on the shield, this that he, you know, he killing people and they caught his ass on camera. I thought that was brilliant. To me, that opens the door for the MCU to go in a whole other direction. I'm very curious to see the aftermath of that, that there. Cause is he now going to be a rogue dude? You know, are they going to have to take him down? I just, I just thought that that was brilliant. I was like, I'm glad they showed that, you know, because this is this show is not for first of all, this is not for kids. Uh, no, this, this is a no. Marvel Cinematic Universe. We, they ain't showed this before. So I thought this was like very compelling. I was just like, oh, OK, now it got real. 
you know, it's it's almost like this is not even about Falcon and Winter Soldier either. It's like it's just the Marvel's universe, and they have all these characters. But I'm I'm all into and did my man, fuck, did Lamar die? Lamar is dead. <clears throat> He's wow. dead. That's what pushed Walker over the edge. Wow, see that? Yeah, that's crazy, man. Honestly, also, I don't really know what's going on a little bit with the story. I, I know they're trying to get the girl and stuff. I, I, I just don't understand why. Uh, I guess because she's killed people, but well, she's killed people and she's jacked up too. You know. Yeah, and now they that the one Zemo destroyed the all of those uh, capsules except, except for the one that old boy got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's only what two episodes left with this. I don't know how they're gonna wrap there's this. There's a up lot to episodes. wrap up. Uh, I hope it doesn't look like they're going to do it, but I guess we're not going to see the uh, the original Captain America dude anymore. The black I don't guy. know about that. <clears throat> All about that. I thought he was going to be featured a little bit more. I'm not mad at what they are doing, but I was just, just like, God, I, I was hoping we'd get to see him do something. But yeah, this show is <clears throat> ah, fascinating. Go ahead. Some people are speculating that Sam is going to get uh, empowered with the Super Soldier Serum, and they're speculating that it's going to be from a um, blood transfusion, either from Bucky or Isaiah Bradley. I mean, <laughs> wishful thinking. Am I telling everybody you had all these um, theories at WandaVision? Marvel ain't gave it to you, so don't get your hopes up with this one either. And that I- wouldn't make sense, but you'll see. I would love to see Isaiah Bradley go take down John Walker. I would love that to see that. That would be crazy. That would be tight. Because you know, to, to me, I, I just feel like, please just don't give that man to us. Let him put in some work, too. I think he, we yeah. deserve to see that. Or at least give us a flashback of him putting in some work. But, you know, unfortunately, it might not be a... The, the series isn't about him. They gave us their little call back. They gave the black people their uh, their make me feel good moment to steal a phrase from Michael Dean. So, you know, hopefully there's a, there's a season two. We can get some of that. Yeah. And this the we next- looked out something. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the crazy, I don't call it crazy, but the uh, leader of the Flag Smashers called Sam's sister. Oh, yeah, she was out of pocket for that. You know, I talked to Sam. I thought we were working it out. (laughs) And he, I don't know if I can trust him. What do you think? Oh, you can trust him. Well, good, because if I can't trust him, I'm coming to see you. Yeah, see, that was some And your sons. That was was wrong. Sam should have ran up to her on site and, like, ever (laughs) in your life. Put my family, call my family, I'll break you. Like, that's kids. He's through threatening kids and shit. I, okay. I was like, yeah. on that, that ain't cool. I, I'm sorry. I thought to myself, I was like, that's well played. That is well played. It's well played, but she 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 deserves a smack for that. I'm cool. You're not gonna play that game. I was like, no. fuck, fuck the fuck the super serum. And it's on I was just like, you know what? You can keep that. We on some other shit now. Bucky, y'all good. This ain't even about fuck the superhero shit. <laughs> you gonna come at my family, bitch? <laughs> it'd have been all over. I don't. I'd have just had to get killed or something. But nah, we ain't playing them games. Just, nah, the, don't let the Avengers and all that fool you. She did. She went into some other shit to me. I was like, really? At first, I didn't know that who she was talking to, because it just seemed so out of pocket to me. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, 
I would just, I'd be like, fuck out all the rules. You coming at my kid? My my, ne- my little nephews? Becky's, I was like, you're a little mixed race. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> I kind of got heated over that. <laughs> but it, that was well played. I was just like, wow, that's ballsy. He got, he, to me, he got, he got G-Chick. Cause he should slap a shot. And I like how yeah. the sister was like, I don't give a fuck about no America shit. Why are you asking me about it? And? <laughs> nah, this, apparently these are the three stages of angry white women. It's Becky when you're young, Karen in middle age, and old white women are Miss Anne. So there you go. She was on her Becky right there. Okay, okay. Um, the other this the nitpick thing I had was are they still uh, like are uh Bucky and Falcon are they on their are they gone rogue or something cuz like, how are they still being able to keep Zemo and then I was like where are they getting money from because they already showed Falcon is well, Zemo's probably you know well, Zemo's probably bankrupt Z- okay he might be that's true he had money that's right yeah well, I just when they catch him and why? And he uh, obviously he's got other shit planned because I'm like he could have left no at good. any time. They just let him nearly nally walk around on his own. It kind of shocks me, but it's yeah. It's, I mean, it's good stuff. Yeah, when they showed him sipping, I don't know if that was cognac or Hennessy, and then he's just like, "Yeah, this ain't got nothing to do with me," and closed the door. <laughs> That's gonna be a whole new thing. <laughs> you know, it's the, the one, the SpongeBob. All right, I'm gonna head out, or the Kermit with the this none of my business. That's gonna be a new meme too. Like, yeah, yeah I'm just gonna close this door. Y'all yeah, handle that. Did you see that? And I, I thought this was hilarious. I guess fans had been asking for Marvel to release the Zemo cut. Last week, because he was you know, <laughs> he was doing the dancing in the club, so they put out an hour long version of him dancing in the club online. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. okay. Was he actually dancing for an hour? Or was that like a loop or what? No, it looked like it was B roll, uh, extended B roll, and he was dancing, doing all these different situations where he was dancing and stuff. <laughs> it's just fascinating. I was like, salute to them, cops. You know, it's a playoff of the Snyder cut and and all that stuff. But they actually did it. Like, I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> Why would they have an hour's worth of him doing that? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Marvel's, man, Marvel's hitting on all cylinders right now, man. Uh, they're killing it. I thought that was, it, it, it's great. I don't know what's next. Is, is the Loki one after this or something? But Yeah, <clears throat> Loki's next. Okay. But, yeah, this is, this is good stuff, man. Uh, hopefully they do more of this. I don't know how this plays in the overall, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe storyline, but this is definitely some good stuff. I, it'll blow. It'll be a head buster if in the last episode they bring Steve Rogers in that cameo or something. Like that I'm be, expecting it. That'd be wild. That will be crazy. All right. Uh, the other uh, great superhero show uh, from Friday was Invincible. And... Which is this? Is this episode four of them as well? That was five. Five, five. I believe. I, believe. Uh, I, I think it's four. Okay, I didn't actually, and I had to go back and watch four of the previous one because I just didn't remember it. That one was okay to me. This one was a return to form, in my opinion, from the other episodes. Even the animation was on point on this one. Uh, this was a excellent episode, uh, from what I rem- remember. 
uh, Invincibles has to fight. I don't know what the these group of bad guys. I can't remember their names, but what a brutal, a brutal beating, <laughs> uh, action-packed scene that was. Uh, I'll let you guys speak on it. Uh, Big sexy. What were your thoughts on the show? You know, it was episode five. Just had to double check that. Uh, Invincible is a violent book. You know, <clears throat> because of the cartoon, I've gone back and oh, something in my mouth, and have been reading along with the series and right about now they're at issue 22 23 and there have been some changes from the book in terms of pacing uh some of the dialogue has been updated a little bit <clears throat> but this is an excellent show you know it sh it really focused a lot on a i'll call him for now a b-level villain named titan who was playing the mob or was a, like a mob enforcer and he goes to the to the big boss who was named machine head and he had his a machine head had his auto tune in effect too <laughs> yes he did that, that was pretty funny and he's like you know what i'm out and machine head oh no you're not out you're not going anywhere damn and earlier in the series he'd had beef with invincible and so the guy wrote down in giant letters Part of the word invincible, he's all, what's that? You know who I am, shit. And they talked it out, told him he needed help, taking down the bad guy. <clears throat> so invincible and Titan show up at Machine Head's office. Machine Head's like, oh, I knew you were coming. I'm prepared for this. And unleashes his crew. One of them, the bad one, is, I believe his name is Battle Beast. Mm. Not the one to test. <laughs> he was just all about no, it. If the wrong one was a person, there it was. <laughs> you know, it was him. <laughs> and Invincible, still being relatively new to this, thinks, oh, I got this. Yeah, you don't. So he took an ass whipping. Titan definitely took an ass whipping. And they're taking an ass whipping. Then the Guardians of the Globe show up. And they're, they're like, we're here to save the day. <laughs> no. They took an ass whipping too. <laughs> you know, and at the end, and now I'm getting the imagery mixed up a little bit because I saw that same fight scene in the book, you know, this morning. But at the, at the end, I believe the character is Black Samson. He had him by his head and then he picked up Monster Girl. And I, I mean he by um, Battle Beast. He's like, this is all you got? Call me when there's something going on. And he just walked out. And then, you know, they picked him. You know, people came and picked him up and got him to a place of safety and get him all back together. But how it ended was Machine Head had a flunky called Isotope who was, has the power to transport where he wants to go. Titan went to Isotope and said, look, no, no, I'll take it back. He, he went to Isotope's lady friend off camera, paid her a little something to keep Isotope out of the brawl. So he wasn't there. After it's all over, Isotope is standing in the office talking to someone off camera. Well, you're the new boss now. And the new boss is Titan. And then Titan's you know, little girl comes in with assuming his wife. And the little girl's like, is this, is this our new home? And Titan's like, yeah, I guess it kind of is. And so Titan is now crime boss in that in that city. 
you know, and I'm not, and I'm not doing this justice. This was a great episode. A couple of F-bombs were flying around. So again, like uh, Winter Soldier, this ain't for kids. Don't let the animation fool you. This is not for children. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely. Ampu, any thoughts? Yeah, just overall, <clears throat> the way that uh, Titan played um, Invincible. And the other thing that I, I noticed is that we saw early that his pops, Omni-Man, was way up in the sky and kind of hearing Keep what was going on. on. Yep. And he and he didn't interfere. He was like, I told you not to fuck with that dude. I told you he couldn't be trusted. You going to learn. So he let him take that ass with me. That, I, I mean, I don't know as a father if I could have let him take get in a disemboweled, but I guess he I guess he knows like oh he be right, he can bounce back from that. But you need to take this ass whipping. That's that was the big takeaway for me. Regardless of all the other stuff and, and Titan, the reveal at the end that Titan kind of set it up in order to uh, move in on the territory. The fact that Omni Man did not bother to come and help. Wow. Yeah, I have to watch that one again because I only just remember key key points, and I'm as you guys are talking about, I'm starting to remember more stuff. But yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's an awesome show. Um, I don't know. I think this one is eight episodes altogether. Yeah, I want to say. Right. <clears throat> um, yeah, I just but go ahead. I'm missing out. I, I was left out one point because I want to point out that Rex Explode is just such a douche, you know, and he's almost like comedy relief. To, you know, to an extent, but there was um, a section Whoa. where the Guardians of the Globe were celebrating some victory they had, and Black Samson's like, "No, uh-uh, this was bullshit." And here's what you guys did wrong, and he's breaking it down for him. And then Rex explodes and look, Grandpa, or something to that effect. And Samson's like, "You got one more, you got one more." So I like that dynamic because Rex explode is a douche. He's got his little man bunny. You just want to punch him. So, I, And he's like that in the book as well. But I like how they're showing the backstory of the Guardians of the Globe as well as Invincible. How he's not a part of that group, but how the group is definitely in, in the story. Yeah, I, well, I give Rex Blow. He was getting down. They were showing him get down, though, in this one. Like, he's definitely doing his thing. Like, even uh, my man was a robot. Robot, robot, robot was putting in some work. Yeah, robot put in some work. Yeah, I thought that was tight. Yes, yeah, I love the the the, uh, the team dynamic in this and the action and stuff. I just think they capture that so well. It's, it's funny when I look at the show. To me, it's just like it's Peter Parker and that one girl is basically like Mary J. I'm uh, not Mary J. Blige. Mary J. <laughs> Mary J. Watson. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is just turned on its head. Cause like, to me, it's like, I, I can see in my mind, I'm like, I see what Kirkman's doing. And I was like, his dad is J. Jonah Jameson, but it's his dad. But yep. he almost <clears throat> literally looks like J. Jonah Jameson. He kind of, I think he's voiced by it. Isn't, isn't, uh, yep, it is. Yeah. I just, I just see all the meta <clears throat> of it. And I just think it's hilarious. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. And I was like, he looks like J. Jonah Jameson. And I was like, you have J. Jonah Jameson be Peter Parker's dad. And you flip the whole thing on its head. I just think I just think it's a fascinating sort of take on comics, superheroes. But, yeah, I hope I hope Invincible is in for the long run. Obviously, they're not going to tackle the entire run in these eight episodes. So I hope they got multiple seasons because they got a lot to cover uh, where they can go. Um, 
And I, and I, I think this is great because even a person who's read the book, it seems like they're doing it in a different way that I'm even like, I don't see everything that's coming. And I'm like, oh, okay, I remember the scenario, but this is different and da-da-da-da. So, it's good stuff. All right, any last words on Invincible? It's outstanding. I mean, it's good. <clears throat> it's good for Friday nights from the comic book world section right now. You got Winter Soldier and Falcon, then you got Invincible. It's just a good time. You know, yeah. enjoy this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, that's kind of all the topics I had planned, but I know there was other things. Anything you guys wanted to uh, bring up and discuss? Talk about? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on a personal note, um, I said at the top of the show that I had a trying week. Uh, there were some definite peaks, though. You know, Monday sucked. But after that, it got a lot better. One thing I, I want to share is that one of my clients, my concert promoter, had told me, he said, look, I'm going to put you with this heavy lawyer in Miami who's been in the music industry for years. You know, I'll introduce you. And, you know, you guys can chop it up, see if you can, if you can work together. So he sent out the email introducing me to uh, this attorney. I'm not going to name names on the air because I don't want to be one of those, one of those people. <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> He contacted me and said, yeah, Mark, call me and let's, you know, let's talk. And so I called him Tuesday morning and we talked a good 40 minutes and this man shared everything with me. You know, he just gave me all of it. He made sure to tell me, he said, Marcus, look, do not be shy. If you have questions, please call me. You know, now you have a connection to the big labels now. So definitely, you know, take me up on this. I said, definitely, I will, I will. When I hung up the phone with him, I felt like Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments coming down from the mountaintop. You know, armed with all of this superior knowledge and connections. I'm like, yeah, this is going to get good now. So once I wrap up a couple of hearings I got, I'm going to implement his new game plan, and then I am taking over. <laughs> That's like an evil laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Global domination. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, okay. Um, what did I throw in here? Oh, well, just a, a video game thing real quick. Um, the Avengers video game. Uh, just they, they put this on the PlayStation uh, now, I think. Yeah, put it on PlayStation now, which is basically PlayStation's versions of like Game Pass. So you can download it for free and play. I, I actually, I think the game is awesome. Like, uh, it's, it's well, ironic. It's actually a game that me and my daughter can play. Because normally we oh, just nice. play like, you know, uh, Crash Bandicoot or <laughs> you know, Ratchet and Clank and things like that, which are excellent games. But you normally play stuff like that. And I would think a game like this would have been maybe a little, either she wouldn't really be into it or it might be too hard to play. Uh, no. Uh, I don't know if this was advertised. And I had no idea because I never played it. But playing it, you actually play it as, uh, is it Miss Marvel? It's like the girl or something? It's like the yeah, young. yeah, the youngin. Yeah. She is, at least in the first part of the game, 
you playing it as her from her perspective. And I think from my daughter, that was the, yeah, she just totally gets into it because it's a younger girl character. And then, you know, you kind of get introduced to the Avengers and sometimes you get to play of them or whatever. But I thought, yeah, the game is it's tight, man. I mean, for again, I'm not having paid for it. <laughs> so it's like the, one of the best free games I've ever played. I was like, God, this is a great game. I understand that they have some issues with, you know, I guess getting people to stay active in the game. But so far, I'm kind of like, I was like, God, this is actually really good. And uh, yeah, as long as I was, I'm, I'm amazed. At it. I, I like it. I actually been playing it myself a little bit. Graphically, it looks dope. Um, story is kind of interesting so far. I think the problem with it, I could see the problem. It's you want it to be the Avengers from the movie because it's it's like almost like them, but it's obviously not them. And I think that was a little that's a weird choice. I don't know. I guess you couldn't license the actors or something. But other than that, it's cool. It's got cool little Easter eggs, and there's all this other little stuff in it. And there's all these, um, there's extra campaigns. It looks like they're free, but I, I don't know if they're not. But uh, yeah, it's a good game. Like if you're looking for something that's fun to play, check out that Avengers game, especially if you got a PlayStation and it cost you a dime. So. See, now I got to get PlayStation. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I wouldn't say get it just for that, but uh, it's a, I, I will say this. I love that they have these games where you don't have to pay for them. I mean, you, you kind of pay your subscription fee, but. You can just play all these games because most of the games that we play are that. Uh, you can either stream them, play it, or you can just download them and, and play it. But uh, I love that uh, that option because I would have never have otherwise. I would have never played this game. I wasn't going to play sixty dollars to play that. So, so now they got me to, to play it. Um, what else? There's, there's a whole bunch of other news type stories. Uh, we could get into, um, not necessarily know if we want to get into that. Uh, I would say on a personal note, I don't normally share my real st- stuff, but I had the opportunity to redesign uh, a, uh, a large company's corporate office. Um, Whoa. They, they were having some big wigs come in uh, out of town. And they wanted to spruce up the place. And so I came in there with them. We walked through the whole place and, you know, came up with some different ideas, uh, mocked them out, you know, uh, on the computer, presented them. They liked it. And then, you know, it basically was like, okay, I can make this a reality. And we had to install uh, Thursday and everything went great. And it was it was a, it was the first time I ever did something on that magnitude where you know you sort of just come in dry, come up with some different looks and implement them, and then to see it and it, it was like big stuff like you know ten feet here and da 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 da. So there's all these like big giant things and that, and over the last couple of weeks as we were kind of doing production and getting things made, I was kind of like looking at it and like I don't really know how this is going to look other than what I've done in the computer. But then when you see it in real life, it was like, this stuff is really big. Like, I, I hope this works, you know? And, uh, but it did, you know? And, uh, so it was, it was a big, it was a big deal. It was a big win. And I thought about it. It's interesting. I said, man, all, all of this shit started with me from, you know, do, tagging on walls, 
you know, <laughs> and doing graffiti, that that was kind of my entry to art and got me into it. And, you know, going all the way from that many years later where, you know, redesigning these, these big office spaces. So that was an interesting challenge and in, in actually being able to do it. And it came out great. So so now I feel I can do anything. <laughs> like, okay, shit. They, these people trusted me. I'm not going to say that. I, I may expose it because I, I may show the pictures. I don't want to say the company's name, but uh, big company. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was great. It was a good thing. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, that is all that I have for now. I will say this. Be on the lookout. We're going to have an interview with uh, the great Robin Power. Uh, nice. It's going to be actually on video. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting one. Um, so that, that one will be coming down the pike. Look out for that. It's going to be on the Patreon page first. But definitely look out for that. Uh, with that said, and also, I think I said this last week, but it's definitely coming. Uh, it may actually come out before this. Uh, Big Sexy's uh, podcast, the first episode, that's, that's going to debut. It'll probably have already debuted by the time you hear this. But we're going to have that out. So definitely check that out. Um, and Big Sexy, where can they find you online? Uh, the Usual Haunts. Uh, Twitter, WSE Mark. Facebook, Mark Wiggins. And Instagram, Mark Wiggins 2. And on my Instagram page, I did put up some pictures from my most recent Michelin adventure. It is good to be back on the fine dining tour. Loving this. All right. Are there, um, when you went into the restaurant, how was the, uh, I guess, the social distancing and everything? It was, it was weird because when, when we walked in, <clears throat> I see plexiglass everywhere. All the tables were sectioned off by plexiglass. I mean, it was well done, but it just was unusual. And they said, you know, they're going to keep this in place until June 15th because that is when California governor... Gavin Newsom has said we should underline should go back to normal operations. We will see. But they had that there. All the staff was all in masks and they asked that if you're going to get up and walk around because this restaurant encourages that generally but if you're going to get up and walk around you got, you got a mask up. And so it was, a, it was a little different but the key though the, the food was on point. Woo. What food kind of good. restaurant was this? This is, well, let's just get into it then. <laughs> it's called the Kitchen Restaurant. Uh, they got Sacramento's first Michelin star in 2019. Uh, Michelin stars were not awarded in 2020 for obvious reasons. They have a new American menu, which is, you know, foodie speak for we make what we want to make. And the menu changes every month. And how it works there, <clears throat> it's a demonstration dinner. So if you've ever seen a show like... Uh, Emerald Live or something, almost like Hell's Kitchen, something like that, or you, the patron, it's all done right in front of you. And they only have one seating a night, holds about 50 people, and it's, you know, anywhere from seven to 10 courses. If you walk in hungry or if you leave hungry, it's on you. Because one thing they do that is unique is in your price, and they call it a pricks fix. I'm probably mispronouncing that. A or prick, prefix. A prick's face. See, here you go. Making it weird. <laughs> He's a prick. <laughs> you know, Give him one, special. It's one price for all your food. Your liquor is, is not included in this, but it's one price for all your food. 
And they tell you, they encourage you. They're like, look, if you're on your fourth course and you want to jump to dessert, let us know. If you're on dessert and you want to do the whole thing again, let us know. The price will not go up. So if you leave hungry out of there, that's on you. And it is always just a magnificent experience. And I have have spent a lot of money in there, and I've never walked out once feeling, man, damn, I spent too much money. I've never felt that. You know, it's it's the best in Northern California by far. It really is. All right. I got some free pub for them. <laughs> Check those guys <laughs> out. I need a meal, goddamn. Ampoo, where can they find you online? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ampoo. All right. Well, with that said, we will see you next time. Work it like a job. Peace.